This is the Two Lights Podcast. Join me, Robert Nicolato, and my wife, Crystal Nicolato, as we explore the words and principles of the truth that illuminate the direction and the steps on the path of life. Recently, I've been asking myself some questions about the idea of meaning and purpose. And I wanted to think about it from the frame of reference of, from the human perspective. So say someone is asking themselves the question, what is the meaning of life? And so that would be, that's obviously different than the more generic use of the, of the idea of meaning. And Anytime I've seen anyone use the word meaning, there tends to be this far away type of a look to them. And and I guess I would say that would be true of me as well. Like when I use the word meaning, there's more to it. It it has the same feeling it, that we use the word meaning for when defining a particular word, you know, what's the meaning of the word? You know, a word. There was a friend that I had in college who was from the Dominican Republic, and he very often would ask me about an English word, and he he would ask, you know, what does this mean? And then I would have to think about a word that, I've never thought about, and it would, it would be, it would, I can't remember of a specific case, but I, I just remember being shocked at how simple a question and how simple a word it was. It wasn't a complicated word, and I had, I was at a total loss for how to answer him because I knew what it, what it meant but if I have to actually define it, then it got very confusing. And I didn't actually know where to point someone else's brain, you know, unless so like what other words do you use to define or to help someone else understand the 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 word in question. So that that's a very intriguing idea as it relates to a life. How do you define a life? It is such a huge question and one that it's going to have a very particular man, I want to say I want to say meaning, but I don't think that's quite right. Okay, I, I think the best way to think about it is from from the view of purpose. <clears throat> and actually probably the best way for the best way that I've found to understand the idea of meaning is as is as it relates to purpose. And I've been thinking about this idea for a while and I've been really trying to wrap my brain around it. One way that I really conceptualize things is through illustration. And early in the morning recently, 
this illustration came uh, to me from my own history. And so I was at dive training in Florida for search and rescue diving. Our trainer was a trickster, to say the least. And he really liked using some of the the, the military-type training tools that uh, I think he got these from the police academy, actually, because uh, he, he himself was a premier uh, police rescue diver uh, trainer for the Miami, Florida Police Department. So, I mean, if you wanted to know anything about uh, search and rescue diving, this, this was the guy you wanted to talk to. And so we were there being trained by him. And he, he set up a, a training exercise for us. And so if you can imagine, we were in a gym and he was at one end of an L. And at the bend of the L was a hula hoop. And at the other end was all us guys in training. And there would have been, uh, gosh... It's it, there were probably would have been about 20 guys. Uh, I'm, I'm not I don't remember exactly, but in any case, so we're all stacked up there. If I remember correctly, there were only two rules. First rule was to stop in the hula hoop, and the second rule was to catch the uh, the football. And there was an implied rule also is that you are going to have to get there quick because you didn't know when that, when he was going to throw that ball. I got to observe many of the guys in front of me making very athletic, noble attempts to get this football. And one thing that I noticed was the hula hoop was being only almost wholly neglected. I observed this and... I remember purposing in my mind that it was my job not to neglect the hula hoop for the football. And so when it came to my turn, I ran to the hula hoop. And and if you've ever tried to stop in a hula hoop when you're at a run, it is something that you do on purpose. It's... It's very difficult to stop in a particular ring like that. And especially because if you stepped on top of the hula hoop, man, you're going down. So I managed to stop in the hula hoop and the football was was out of my reach. Up to that point, I don't think anyone had caught the football and stopped in the hula hoop. I don't actually remember anyone actually catching the football, period. But, uh, so in any case, the football was out of my reach, and the trainer looked at me, and he said, why did you do that? And my response to him was, well, my responsibility was to stop in the hula hoop. Your responsibility was to get me the football. 
I can't control where the football goes. I could only control where my feet went. So, and again, if I'm remembering this, the story correctly, he looked at me and he said, that's exactly right. And I remember being rather pleased that I got called out in that way. I remember all the guys in line kind of looking at each other like, oh yeah, that I had, there was so much meaning in that for me to be at one with the illustration and with the teacher. And this is where the idea of purpose and meaning comes in. The purpose was set by the trainer. He set the rules. There was an intent in the uh, exercise. You know, his intent was for me or for us to learn to prioritize our responsibilities. And I caught on to what the me what what the purpose of the game was and so then i was and so once i was able to put my actions in step with the purpose of the trainer that's when the meaning of the game came out for all of us and it was really eye opening i don't see this being any different than the way we are to organize our lives. It is part of our uh, built-in need to be a part of something that has purpose. And because it has purpose, is therefore meaningful. So I'm here with my wife, Crystal, and we are discussing uh, the um, ghast illustration. And um, what are your thoughts on it? Uh, well, I was thinking about it because I was thinking about it in reference to the will of God and how the Bible talks about the will of God because just two days ago in my journal... I wrote an entry about the will of God, so I thought that was really cool that you said we were going to talk about that today, because I already had been thinking about it, about meaning and the will of God, right, and things like that, and um, I had written about my thoughts from Jeremiah chapters 43 through 45, and what I had written in my journal is just a two-sentence type journal where you just write an excerpt from your day. Right, so just a snippet. Yeah. Each day. And I wrote, No plan of mine will succeed outside of the Lord's will. The Lord's will is the safest place to be. The Bible outlines in general what the Lord's will is for family, marriage, etc. Obey the Lord's will. Right. So I was thinking about that because in times in my life of distress and confusion life starts becoming rote in nature and you're really relying on habits you have and general principles you've outlined to function because your emotional state may be uh, lacking Uh and so rote behavior 
is what I go to when I don't feel like I can depend on my emotions or my motivation. Right. And so I was thinking, well, how do I define rote behavior? Well, I define it as the general principles in the Bible about God's will. Uh-huh. And so there's God's will specifically in certain circumstances. Right. But then there's God's will in general, which I can always rely on right. if I don't know what his will is for a specific circumstance. I do know what it is in general in every area of my life. Right. Right. And so as it relates to the illustration, and, and actually I've, I've found this to be in my, in my life as I've, I've, as I've understood the will of the Lord, and actually more often where I have not understood the will of God, to seek the will of God and to not know what it is can be paralyzing. So, you know what I mean by that? So I'm I'm yes. I'm trying to fulfill the word the the will of God in a specific circumstance. Exactly. I don't know what that is at the particular spot that I'm at, and and then the temptation is to do nothing. What do you think about that idea as it applies to the? to the illustration well one thing I've been learning is that to really identify what I'm responsible for is super important yeah because you can either do nothing Mm -hmm. or you can start obsessively doing right so those are two areas you could screw up when you don't know what to do right And, and, and you're more of the you would err on the side of doing and I would err on the side of not doing. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, I can I can see how that would be your proclivity. And so if we use the hula hoop idea again, if we if we go back to that idea, and and this is actually one of my favorite commentators um, uses the word sphere. So your sphere of influence. And so rather than calling it a hula hoop this whole time, we'll call it the, we'll, let's maybe call it our sphere of responsibility. To know where the sphere of responsibility is, is totally dependent on what, in say in the, in the illustration, the teacher said it was. So he, so the teacher said, "Stop in your sphere of responsibility." So he set the boundaries for what that is, and so to be outside of that. Sphere is is to be outside of his will, right? And you can be outside of that sphere by doing nothing, right? Also, right? Which seems funny because it's like, oh, I'm only outside of the sphere if I'm doing extra things, right? But actually, by doing nothing, you're all you can also be outside of it, right? Because right? Because within that sphere, there's also things you need to be doing, right? And not doing, right? In the sphere. Yeah, and actually, I was thinking about that this morning too. That that's actually um, kind of a weak point in the illustration. And in this story, um, after um, Captain Gast asked me the question, you know, why did you, you know, why did you do, why did you execute this game the way you did? If I'm remembering correctly, that was the end of the game. I mean, I don't remember there being any continuation of that game after that. Basically, after I had 
I won the game, so to speak. It was right. over after that. Well, life isn't like that necessarily. And, and the illustration can be broken down for me into the smaller I, the smaller decisions that I have to make. Or you could even think of it as like generalized life. Yeah, and it's like you're in the sphere, yeah. but the sphere is moving. Right. Yeah. So you have it's almost it, it's like, not static. Yeah, it's my like story a, is static. A bigger sphere. Yeah. And then your sphere. Yeah. So the bigger sphere is like life. Yeah. And where you're going with Christ. Yeah. But then within the bigger sphere is your sphere of responsibility. And that's moving. And then within that there's smaller spheres of what God's will is in my marriage. Right. What God's will is with my children. Yeah. And then within that there's specific Spheres that where you're praying, you may not have the answer, and so right. you're relying on the general principles right. or spheres within your sphere of responsibility. Right. No, that's exactly right. Um, that it it actually breaks down into all the different things that make you up, which yeah, can exactly. almost paralyze you. When I start thinking about that level of detail, uh-huh. I can start becoming paralyzed, and I'm noticing that even I will start to struggle with what you've said you struggle with, and I'm just realizing this now, of not doing anything. Right. Because I'm overwhelmed with the amount of detail. Right. But then that's when I need to rely on general principles. Okay, right. I don't know in particular about this circumstance, and right. it's stressing me out. But then I can rely on basic principles, like do the next thing, like which is take care of my children, or like obey my husband, right. or Whatever, but I still need to be like you said, pondering that though, right. and not allowing myself to become paralyzed and inactive. Right. Because even I yeah. have been struggling with that. Yeah. So if we spoke to the, um, let's say the distractions. So in in the illustration, that was the football that was trying to. It was appealing to my basics. Man, <laughs> uh, all of us actually, all of us that were in the game, it was it was calling us out of our sphere of responsibility, because there was the physical prowess involved. There was the the potential for the pat on the back from peers, and and depending how you were thinking about what the teacher was saying, maybe you you would have even thought that you would have gotten a pat on the back from the teacher for having right. um, Done that. dumped the responsibility for, you know, the football that's in front of your face. What does that look like? Well, this is actually, ironically, or maybe not ironically, this is exactly what I'm learning right now hmm. at this stage of my life because I'm realizing that I have up until this point, up until having my fourth child and and recently just struggling with really severe anxiety and depression to the point where it's absolutely paralyzing, I have been taking on more than I'm able because I've thought that God requires it of me and I've thought it's good. Mm-hmm. And it is good, right? It's good to want to do godly things. It's good to have godly ambitions. So the football flying by you isn't necessarily bad, like you're saying. It can be good 
things on the outset, but are they for me? Right. And what's my motivation even in doing that? Because if I sacrifice my sphere of responsibility, you know, for me, that's like the energy that requires for me to take care of multiple children yeah. and to take care of myself yeah. and to be making sure my own health is in check. Yeah. Uh, if I'm sacrificing that to catch these footballs that I think are quote-unquote good or godly or necessary, that's not right because I'm dropping my primary responsibility. Mm -hmm. And so it may not look as glamorous, right? I'm not catching all these footballs people can see. I'm living within my sphere of responsibility that people may or may not see right? as well as me catching all these things because I'd like to be like people... To be like, oh, wow, look, she's doing an amazing job of having all these kids and keeping her house nice and doing all these things. Because I feel like it's my duty to be appearing that way. But what I've been realizing lately is everyone has a breaking point where they are trying to catch footballs and dropping their sphere of responsibility. And it will happen to some people quicker than others to some people later, but it will happen. And so for me, I've just been refocusing on what is my sphere of responsibility and really wanting to press into that. That is thoughtful and wise. It's not as fun. It's not as glamorous. And it doesn't feed my pride as much, Mm -hmm. you know, but it's wise. The other thing is foolish. Right. And I was reading yesterday, I think it was a quote by Charles Spurgeon, I think, I'll have to double check this, but it was saying, anything that I consider important that doesn't basically feed into the responsibilities I already have is actually basically anti it doesn't fit with my life. Right. You know what I mean? So right. anything I think is important that's not feeding back into the things that are actually important. Right. It doesn't fit. Right. In my life. Right. right at that moment. So. Yeah. And that's where the illustration kind of calls out the meaning aspect of what. And so what I what I heard you say was that that maybe these things are not glamorous because other people can't see them. But if you look at who it is that we're trying to please yes. in the sphere of responsibility, in, in the illustration, the teacher who, was, who set the rules of the whole game and who created the game right. and is actually who we're trying to please, right. and in fulfilling all the rules to the game, the teacher... Glorify, if you can say this, glorified me. Right. He said, you right. did it exactly right. And everybody else that's in line is looking at me and they're like, And that's completely oh, yeah. biblical. Yeah. Like how God, you know, says, well done, yeah. my faithful servant. Because yeah. you were faithful with a little. Right. Right. So I'm noticing, okay, I have really bad anxiety and depression. And, yeah. But I'm able to function right now. So it's right. like all my energy is going to doing a good job. At home. Well, that means I'm not leaving my house or having people over often. Right. So no one can see me doing good. Right. So I'm like, wow, this is boring. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, this is boring. I'm only living unto God right now. Right. I'm like, is that it? Yeah. But it's like, oh, bummer. 
right. I'm doing my life well. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I shouldn't be displeased with that. That's so, you horrible. That's terrible. Right. <laughs> I'm only pleasing the God of the universe. Right. So I'm learning yeah. to be less of a man pleaser, which is a necessary thing for me to learn. Right. It's just taken me a long time to figure out that I have limitations. But like you're saying, even my limitations, in a sense, have been set by the teacher. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like my own boundaries are my own limitations yeah. set by the teacher. Even yeah. if there are things I want to improve, like, well, I'd like to have more energy, so I would like to fix my health more to have optimize my energy. Right. At this moment, today, on July 11th, I have limitations. Right. And you have physical, emotional. Yes. yes. Um, you have time constraints. Yes. And it's like, yeah. were those all God's will? Was it God's will for me to have these emotional limitations because right. of trauma and issues? I, that's a complicated thought, and I'm right. not totally sure. But I can say today, though, what the Bible says in First Peter, that I have everything I need for life and godliness today. Right. Yeah. So these limitations do not actually limit my ability to obey if I'm going to obey. Right. right. So how do we stay alert then to... So if, if we were to... What are some principles, I guess, that have helped you stay alert to where your, your responsibilities lie? And how do you... Um, and, and maybe I need to answer that question first. Um, how does one take that sphere of responsibility and and localize it to where, okay, this is actually something I can use? And I, I think we had just mentioned it, that you have to know the rules of the game. So you have to know, okay, I do have only so much time. Or you have to be willing to accept yeah. What you know. Because I can know yeah, it. Oh, right. And yes. reject it. Yes. Yeah. Right. It's, I'm going to pretend like I can yes. do this. And then immediately you're stepping out of your responsibility. Yes. Yeah. Because surely there's more to life than this. Right. Or surely right. I am more powerful than I think I am. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. So for me, that let, let's talk about, first of all, then... Um, like time I know that I want to spend time learning and in order for me to do that I have to what? make time I have, or I, I'm actually not making time yes I was just I'm reading this in a book buying back Yes. And, and actually what the Bible says in uh, Ephesians, it says that you're redeeming the time. Yes. Because the day is evil. I mean, it's, it's, it's going. Right. And so if you it's are actually not your enemy. fighting <laughs> against that to redeem it. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's like staying static yeah. actually sets you back. Yeah. Right. It's being super intentional in 24 hours. Right, right. And so that's probably my first realm of responsibility and so much of my purpose is well my life and my purpose are connected right and time is like your currency right like buying back is like a monetary term 
Like, yeah. I, this is a buyback. I'm buying this back. Yeah. Yeah. So time is almost like the currency that you use to find meaning in your life. Right. No, that's so true. And I, I would have said that, you know, you're, and I've actually said this before, even with work, which is another sphere, um, that my, my life is made up of time. Right. I ought to be able to make as much out of my if I waste my time, I waste my life. Which is interesting, too, because people will say time spent. Yeah. So actually, that's super intriguing, and I've never thought about yeah. that. That time is a monetary term. Right. Spending time. Right. So my life is like a budget. Yeah. And I'm spending time. And just like a monetary budget, yeah. I can overspend in a category. I right. can go into debt. I can become bankrupt. I can save. Right. I can borrow, quote unquote, borrowing time. Uh -huh. So that's super. I'd like to think about that more. Yeah. And talk about that again in another time. Right. No, that's that's really good. Yeah. Um, so interesting. Yeah. So that's that's one area where it's like, okay, how much time am I, you know, spending on my phone? How much time am I spending at TV? Oh my phone. <laughs> the phone. Yes, understood. Um, how, you know, how early am I getting to bed? Yes. How early am I getting up? Um, and, and then in that, what am I doing? Right. Because right? I can get up at four. I can do this and still waste time. Right. Unbelievable. Right. 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 So it's like those scales of like the circle and then the smaller circle. Yeah. It's like, okay, getting up at four is within my sphere. But then what am I doing at four? Right. And then what am I doing? You know, it's like everything's made up of smaller things that add up to my purpose. Right. And, and so we have been getting up at four consistently for about four years. And that's been really valuable. Um, I, I saw the need for that for myself personally about four years ago. And, and, and I, I felt like that was the Lord showing me, hey, you don't get time with me reading or praying unless you do this. And that's funny because we only had one child back then. Yeah. One. Yeah. And now we have four. Yeah. And I'm like... We're stacking them up. <laughs> I mean, it's... Yeah. Yeah. But what I realized, though, for myself is that getting up at four, though, is good and it was wise for us, but... But that can become legalistic. Yeah. Because so often I have not used my time well. Yeah. And I've gotten up early and not used it well. Right. So it didn't even benefit me to its maximum capacity because I'm wasting time. Right. Earlier, I should have been sleeping. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's not just like getting up at four automatically equals meaning. No, right. that's true. Right. It's like... Still, right. like, there's no magic to getting up at four if I'm just going to waste extra hours of my day right. on my phone right. or whatever. Right. But the, what the advantage, though, to getting up at four is that it was done on purpose. Yes, at least and, that was done on purpose. And it was a discipline. Yes. And, and that's actually something that um, we both listened to, right? It was a um, Prager University. It was a five-minute bit by Jocko Willick. Um, he's it, the the mantra was discipline equals freedom. Yes, I love that. And it's such um, it's such a good um, synopsis of 
sometimes getting up at four o'clock doesn't feel like freedom. Right. It doesn't feel like it has purpose. It doesn't feel like anything. Yes, and the more your life is prone to distraction, like for us, it's like we have so many kids. Yeah. So it's just like as soon as they're up, our day is like insane. <laughs> and so it's and like... And it doesn't stop being insane until they're in bed. And then you're still reeling from like... Yeah. It's like, you know, yeah. having low blood sugar and you're shaking. Like yeah. you can't think straight. It takes time <laughs> to prepare and to recover. Yeah. So... The more hectic your life is, the more disciplined it needs to be. Right. And that feels like less freedom because it almost, I can look at it almost as like prison. Right. Like my day is so quote unquote disciplined. Like for these five minutes, I'm really going to focus on this. Right. For these next 20, I'm really going to do this. And it feels like, oh my goodness, right. like my life is a chokehold. Right. Like I can't get out of the schedule or it's going right. to fall apart. Right. But that's not actually true. Right. It's just my perception of what freedom is. Right, right. So I, I think that that's, that's one sphere that I think, not that we've mastered it by any means, and, and like you are saying, there's times where we are falling short of our own, we miss the mark. And I meant more me, not you. You're better at managing your time when you wake up than I am, sometimes. I mean, for me. Right. Well... I guess it's 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 something we're both learning together, and and I know that um, you voluntarily picked that up later than I did, because it wasn't about you at that time. It was about me. It was about me and God and me obeying God, right. and He was saying, "You need this," right? And um, so that was a pretty low time day. for me, actually. And the Lord and the Lord was saying, "Hey." This is going to be a tool that you need in order to keep the footballs from getting your attention. Right. You know, and... Uh, right, because it's almost like tr- training yourself yeah. to not jump for footballs. Yeah, yeah. And it, so it, you're staying alert. Right, because you can't keep one thought. It's like, oh, I'm just going to keep the footballs from coming, flying past me. Right. And then I won't be tempted. I'm going to just block out the footballs and then I won't even have to train myself to not jump for them. Right. Which is where I would go uh, just because it's easy right. and immature and right. I struggle with that, you yeah. know. But it's like, no, they're going to keep coming. And in fact, you want to expose yourself to that, but you want to be trained to know when to jump and when not to. Right. That's actually what you want. Right. Rather than to isolate yourself right. from them is to be trained by them. Right. Well, and who's to say that, and um, I don't know if I ever mentioned this in the illustration, but there's nothing saying that one of those footballs couldn't be within your reach. Right. In the sphere. Right. That's what I'm saying. There yeah. are times I think, okay, when it's appropriate in yeah. a balanced life, right? right? There are times for me to interact with others. I say, oh, yeah, I can snag that stinker. Yes. There are times for me to have people over yeah. and be part of my life, to yeah. have fellowship. And then there are lots of other times that I need to be at home yeah. taking care of myself and my family. Right. So yeah. to know when's appropriate to have that hard conversation with someone that's going to take a lot of my emotional energy. Right. When do I jump for that football? Yeah. And when do I let it go? Because the football may be screaming at me, 
going yeah. past. Yeah. And I may feel every urge in me yeah. to jump for it because I, I, it bothers me. But I need yeah, to it know. feels like a missed opportunity, or it feels like there's going to be retribution if I don't catch it. Yeah, that's what happens for me. It's yelling at me as it's flying past. <laughs> if you don't jump and get this, right, your life's going to shipwreck. Right. If you don't jump and get this, you're a horrible person. Right. You're bad. It's flashier than just standing there in yes. your sphere of responsibility. Yes. And it tempts me. Right. You won't be good enough if right. you don't jump. Right. And get this. Other people will think something negative about you right. if you don't jump and get this. You must jump and get this. Your life depends on it. Yeah, it's a pseudo meaning. Yes, and so for me... Counterfeit meaning. I have to yeah. really retrain my brain that those things yeah. are not where my meaning lies primarily. Yeah. No, I think that's everybody. And I think that's where the illustration was so powerful to me when... Um, it came to mind, and again, I hadn't thought about that particular um, idea. Yeah, where or the because I, I, I mean I lived it, right? So that story, I guess it was, maybe I should call it. It had been years since I had thought of it, and when it came to mind, as I was considering the idea of purpose, um, because purpose seems so unplugged from from life until you understand that the purpose of the purpose of a thing has a design in it and so in the design of the thing there are rules right it's like first peter yeah. chapter 1 is saying so you have your purpose and the design will help you achieve that purpose. Right. The design is not against the purpose. Right. They work together. Right. So I am perfectly designed to meet the purpose because yeah. the Bible says that that's the case. Right. And because that is going to be your living reality. Yes. And, and for you to do something other than that's in your purpose is actually for you to go against yourself. And then you don't have the tools or the assurance right. that what you're doing right. can be completed. Right. And 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 I think it's built in that you're going to know something is missing. Just and I've used this idea like with with tools. I mean, I was a carpenter for a long time and you know, there are certain tools that are designed for certain tasks. So you have the hammer it is not a good screwdriver, and there's embedded design. It has a shape, it has a weight, it has a handle, and it's designed for doing certain things. When the meaning of that hammer is when it's being used according to its purpose, outside of its purpose, like for a, a screwdriver, it falls short. It could probably do something along those lines, but it would destroy the material and probably the screw also. Right. And not only that, how much more effort are you yes. going to have to put behind a hammer in order for it to drive a screw into wood? That's so true. So it's it's not even time efficient. Right, right. But you see, like I see... Sometimes it's so tempting because you feel like... I think I struggle with this as a lady, 
it, you know, I don't know why, but you, I get a little bit of anxiety and even angst mm -hmm. of feeling like, wow, this is my purpose. And like, I can't get out of that. Mm -hmm. Like, this is what God made me for. And this is it. Yeah. And then you get a little annoyed. Yeah. I do like, yeah. well, I just feel, I almost feel like a yoke on oxen, you know, to make them go straight. It oh, feels yeah. almost overbearing. Yeah. Like, wow, somebody else gets to make that finite call in my life. Somebody else meaning God. Right. But like you're saying, though, but if I'm wise, if I want to be time efficient, yeah. submitting to that is the best thing. Yeah. It's just to the world, it looks like weakness. Yeah. It looks like, it doesn't look like freedom. It right. looks like bondage. Yeah. It, or craziness. Like yes. who the who does that to themselves? Who gets up at four o'clock and does that? Yes, and it's and not, not like four o'clock necessarily is a magic number. Like right. what you were saying, it just who disciplines himself in that way? Right. Well, if I want to have yes. two hours of solid time to to think, to pray, to read, there's no other way. There is no other way, especially now. Yeah. Like. I'm before four kids I thought there may be another way right there's no other <laughs> way there's no, no. no other way yeah like I've I can't fit three seconds together in a day yeah if I'm being intentional about every activity I'm doing yeah and here we are 30 minutes discussing this topic and that's wonderful you know and and the, the only reason that we are able to do this right now is because of four o'clock Right. And Yeah, and I was always getting up at five. Yeah. But now I'm getting up at four. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, because you've always gotten up at five. Yeah. And I've or I'm sorry, you've always gotten up at four. Yeah. And this is the first time I'm ever getting up at four also. Because right, I've right. been getting up at five. Right. But now I'm realizing like I have to get up at four now right. to get the things done I need. Well and I I would say that the Lord has grown your sphere. Because I don't know a year ago if you would have been able to do a four o'clock wake up. Necessity really motivates me. Yeah. I'd like to be motivated before necessity. Uh. Like, oh, I see that's <laughs> wise. I should do that. Yeah. I would really like to, to be like that. Yeah. And maybe someday I can improve. But I am motivated by necessity almost entirely alone. So it's like I have to get up at four. But I'll, you do always tell me, though, I don't have to. Uh, you do remind me that I'm still making a choice. Right. Because I always feel like, oh, I have to. And you always tell me, no, you don't. Yeah. Which I don't understand. Because I'm like, if I mean, it feels like I have to. Yeah. But necessity really motivates me. Right. So now I'm realizing, like, wow, I have these four kids. In a day, there is no time to be sitting down and thinking. Four o'clock it is. Yeah. And then I do it because I understand it's necessary. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, that's that's great. And um, I can't think of a better place to stop. All right. Until next time. You have been listening to the Two Lights podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, please give us a five star rating. If you did not enjoy this podcast, feel free not to give us any rating at all. We would like to keep our writing up at five if we can. Tell your friends and don't forget to subscribe. And from the Nicolato house to yours, we thank you.